text for the message this day is taken from Romans chapter 5, which was read earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And one little phrase I want you to keep in mind as I preach this is that phrase that sometimes is a cliche during, on the time of, of death, that God only takes his best. Today, many thousands of years ago, it was a practice that on this very day, the church would celebrate All Saints Day. In the current calendar, it's not until November 1st, but in the early church, it was today for a reason. Because what was exactly one week ago today? Good Friday. They would have it on this day because it was, not because it was April 1st that it coincided with April Fool's Day, but because it was a reflection of Good Friday. Because whenever someone died, we are forced to call to mind the events of Good Friday. First, to the simple reality that Jesus died on the cross. He died carrying every last one of our sins. Not a single one of us, no one person in this world is without sin. If I had never met Donna, I could say that she had sin. Because God, as it says in Scripture, all have, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Believe it or not, I've had funerals where I never knew the person. So, even there, I've had those moments. And the cost of our sin is the very reason you are gathered here today. The cost is death. The reality is that every single one of us, from the minute we are conceived, we are dying. I know we get comfortable and some of us are in better health than others, but even people who have the best health in the world, it has happened that all of a sudden maybe a brain aneurysm or something happens and they die. The reality is every one of us are dying. That's the consequence of sin. And when Jesus went to the cross... He was carrying the sin of the entire world. Now, when he carried our sin, and he died with it, it was not as if we had never, as if sins had never been committed. Rather, it became as if God, as Jesus, committed our sins. It's the same thing as if if you owed somebody money. And they came up to you and said, you know what, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay me back. You don't have to absorb that debt. But the person that forgave you did. That's money they suddenly don't have. So it is when we pray in, the, in one of the more, the more modern translations of the Lord's Prayer, we say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When God forgives us, he absorbs the penalty that is ours. 
Another reason why they celebrate All Saints Day a week after Good Friday is because it's a reminder that we, as Christians, there is no promise of an easy life. There, is that, there, there are pastors I know that make millions of dollars telling you that if you send enough money to them, you will, have, you will never get sick, you'll end up having the ideal life, and no bad things will happen. The problem is that Jesus himself said that would not happen. Jesus actually promised that we would struggle. Donna, on December 24th, when all, many of us were gathered here to watch the kids' programs and sing some Christmas carols and have the candlelight service, Donna just had, sur had surgery on that day. She had to spend time in that hospital in Rochester. And she never got to come home again. Going from hospital to hospital to nursing homes, struggling and fighting, that is not, that is an evidence of I mean, she was a woman that had incredible faith. Credible faith in God. But as we look at Jesus, there is no promise of a life without suffering. Jesus himself suffered. The only person without sin. But there's also a reason why we celebrate this day we don't say that they celebrated All Saints Day not the week before Good Friday, but the week after. Because what was Sunday? Easter. Because it is celebrated in the light of the resurrection. The light of the reason why we celebrate Easter. Because by the victory that Jesus had over death, we also had that victory. See, many years ago, I don't know the exact date or year on it, but there was a time that Donna was taken to a baptismal font, and the pastor said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At the start of the service, you heard the words of Paul saying, Do you... Do you not know that all of you who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? And I, as I say that, the funeral pall is laid over the casket. That pall, the white robe that I wear every single Sunday, is a reminder that in our baptism, our sinful nature that we were born into, because every last one of us were born dead in our trespasses, and so when we came to the waters of baptism and those words were spoken over, that sin was washed away. We received a new identity. Interesting fact of the early church, we don't do this anymore, probably for good reason, but in the early church, baptism, when you did your baptism, you actually came in your birthday suit. And... You came in and the pastor had to actually stand behind a wall. And so that's where deaconesses started. The deaconess actually had to pour the water. And the pastor had behind the wall because, you know, there'd be women. 
And so, and as they poured the water, the pastor would say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then they put a white robe over the individual, symbolizing that they are a new creation. So was Donna. She was united to Jesus' death. And she was also united to his resurrection. So that, and so through her life, she lived as a faithful one. She taught Sunday school. She taught VBS. She was a part of ladies' aid. She was active in the church. She enjoyed the times when I would come to visit her, the few times I was able to. She was, she was grateful for hearing God's word. She loved to hear the hymns sung. And she was actually the first person I actually started singing with shut-ins because it's kind of nerve-wracking being the only person sitting and singing. And so at first I, I got nervous doing that. But she was the first one that did, and I did that with. And um, I just remember her having tears in her eyes that first time. And so she had the love of our Lord. She made sure to it that her children and her grandchildren knew of who Jesus was. If you're ever wondering where the best place is to tell of your faith to others, the very best place is in your own family. It's the easiest one because you have them, their attention a lot. And she made sure to it. Her family is here in this church, many of them. And they're in churches as they moved on in churches there. The faith of God has been spread throughout their fam her family. But I go back to that phrase. God only takes the best. People a lot of times will say that it's kind of a cliche during funerals. And it's well-meaning. The problem with that phrase is that that's true. Jesus was the only one that was the best. And we're gathering for a very depressing day. But what did it say here? While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know who are the only people God takes? Sinners. And if you're like me, you're a sinner. I, that's why this black is here. That's to let you know the pastor is a dirty, rotten sinner that deserves to die. That's what the black means. Every single one of us are born in that. And that is who Jesus died for. Every single sinner. And because in the waters of baptism, so when Donna came to be baptized, or when any of us come to be baptized, we come as slaves, slaves to sin. But when that water is poured on, those shackles are broken, and you are made sons, children of the one true God. That's why who he takes, he takes his children which is everyone who believes in him. And Donna believed in him up to her very last breath. On Sunday, on Monday evening, 
I went, went to the hospital and she passed away a little after I left. But I sing, sang a little bit of the hymn for all the saints, although my voice must have been off that night. Hope knowing that she could have, in her last moment, she at least was able to hear it. The first verse, for all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confessed, thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Alleluia, alleluia. See, when she closed her eyes, when she, she breathed her last breath, she opened her eyes in the presence of Jesus. She is one of all, for all the saints, she's one of them who from their labors rest. She was struggling, she was wrestling, but she isn't anymore. She is in the presence of Jesus, not hungering, not thirsting, not tired. She's, she is stronger than she has ever been in this life. But here's something that gets even cooler, and this is what's unique to Christianity, is that she's not completely done yet. We're going to go to, a cemetery, to the cemetery later, and you walk through those graves, through, between those gravestones, and as I mentioned this past Easter Sunday, kind of come to the realization that a graveyard is really a little bit like a slumber party. The reason is, is because, raise your hand if you ever got to do a slumber party as a kid. Or the, the boy version, whatever we call it. If you remember that, when, you're, when it was nighttime and you're supposed to be sleeping, you're, you're talking with your friends and you're talking about your days, talking about things that are going on. So it is for Donna. When she, when she fell asleep, when she passed from this world, she was in the present, she was with all these people that she has known all, that she's known throughout her life. Think of specifically just over a year ago today, it's just shortly over a year ago that Dolores, her sister, was her funeral. She gets to talk with Dolores and spend time with her. Talk about all the things that have been going on. And she gets to talk with all her parents, anybody, and everybody she wants to. People she's never even known. She could go, she could go talk to the Apostle Peter and say, Hey, what was it like when, you were, when the day of Pentecost happened? Tell me about that. That's where she is. But the thing is, it's like with a slumber party. The highlight of a good slumber party is not the night that you're sleeping. The highlight is going to be that morning... Well, not quite the morning, because when your parents wake you up, you're like, oh, I don't want to wake up yet. But, hypothetic, we're still going with allegory here. When your parents, the, parent, the mother or whatever, wakes you up, and you have to go, and the reason is, is because you're going to go spend the day at Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. So it is. This is this, the seventh verse of For All the Saints. For lo, there breaks a yet more glorious day. The saints triumphant rise in bright array. The king of glory passes on his way. So think of that image. Jesus is walking through the cemetery. And he's going to say to all the people who have gotten fallen asleep in the faith. He'll just say, get up. Get up. Let's go. Wake up. 
And you know what? They will. The scriptures say, you're going to hear the verses at the, at the, great, at the cemetery, that the body is being sown into the ground. You know what that means to sow. Many of you are going to be doing that in a few, pretty soon if you're not already. You sow some, a seed into the ground hoping that it's going to grow up into a plant and grow up into something. We talk about sowing the body into the ground because this body, this one, will rise. Not like a zombie, but will rise stronger, mightier, better than it ever was in this life. That is the unique hope of Christianity. That our bodies will all rise in glory. Just like Jesus did. And we will never die again. Not because we're his best. But because we are his children. Donna is his child. And she will rise. Till that day comes. To God be all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Because it is Easter season, I think it's appropriate to say this. Alleluia! Christ is risen. He is risen and so shall we all arise. We sing, hymn, we sing the hymn, Old Rugged Cross, which is included in your bulletin. <laughs>